Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Wow, episode 12. Now, this completes a series of interviews that I did with all of my guests at the end of 2020. So I guess you could probably call this the end of season one. Maybe. But not to fear, Second Success Podcast isn't ending. It just means I need to very quickly line up a whole load more interviews. Actually, to be honest, I don't think that would be too much of a problem. I am looking forward to bringing you more guests and for us to hear their insights on how they've achieved their successes. And I guess I should probably change the name, though, from Second Success to Multiple Success. But I don't think it's the same ring to it. Anyway, do let me know what you think, uh, whether I should change it or not. But I'm quite happy with Second Success. And if there's any type of person that you'd like me to interview on these podcasts, do let me know. I can try and see if I have them in my network and, and get them on for you to hear their insights. And at this point of the podcast, I'd usually try and give you some wise words of wisdom. But actually, with today's guest, there's so many valuable nuggets. I think it might be a bit of an overload if I talked on for t- far too long. So uh, in regards to today's guest, I think we should just get on with it. He's a good friend of mine and it's Asad Khan. He's a serial entrepreneur and an investor with a passion for business and charity. He's a directorship in several companies, uh, including Sterling Commercial, Stone Interiors Aftercare, Offy Delivery, Unique Grand Prix and Bombaylicious. And it's with this latter company, a street food style Indian takeaway restaurant, which he opened as the first lockdown started last year, that you get the true charitable nature of Asad. Since the first lockdown, Bombaylicious has donated over 5,000 meals, with Asad working in conjunction with other businesses. Versatile and flexible, with the drive to achieve, Asad started his career with, within catering while still at university, and then went on to diversify in tech and property. For Asad, it's all about making an impact, with income coming secondary. And this podcast will be invaluable to anyone thinking of starting their own business, as Asad provides practical approaches to succeed in the world of entrepreneurship. Get to learn how, to, how he develops his mindset through learning from others, whether that be through podcasts, books or other people. Let's hear from the man himself, Asad Khan. Asad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rakesh. A pleasure to be invited. No, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, I think of entrepreneurs, I think of business people. You come to mind first and foremost, the reason being because it's just not one business that you're doing. You've got multiple businesses and, you know, we'll get on to that shortly. I guess the first thing is, where did you start out? Well, you know, where, what, was your, what was that first success? Um, so in terms of when did I start out, I think, you know, it's got to be back to school days. Um, whilst at school, we was always, you know, not given a lot of money from our parents. And we always had to be creative in terms of how we made money for ourselves and whether we wanted to buy toys or, you know, computer games or whatever it was, we had to go out and get it ourselves. So, you know, it started from things like car washing to paper rounds to selling chocolates. You know, it's always... Uh, one thing or another from, from those school days. And then um, when I hit 17, I passed my driving test. Um, and then my love of cars came into play. I've always, you know, loved cars from, you know, back in the day from washing them. My uncle had a car garage and that's where it all started. So I was always in and out of cars, sometimes, you know, on the driving seat and sometimes as a passenger. So at that age of 17, I then started buying and selling cars with my uncle on the side he would give me you know the heads up okay buy this one this is 500 pounds and we'd Mm -hmm. sell it for you know 600 or 650 or whatever it was and then obviously we went from you know a few hundred pound cars to a few thousand pounds and then it grew then after that um i did that for a couple of years with my uncle 
and at the end of it I then went off on to university and whilst I was at university my brother and I from all the money that I'd made from the cars we bought a house together okay so we did we, we bought a house together um I was at university at the time I was renting a small room again saving we were sharing with other lads um at uni and um Things went from one thing to another. After three years at university, my brother decided that he was going to get married. So we then sold um, the house. I pulled out a huge increase from my mm-hmm. initial investment. And then I bought my first restaurant. Um, so that was in Wallingham called India Dining. Um, yeah. Whilst I was at university as well, I was at the Cinnamon Club. Um, I was there at front of house for four years. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot of skills, a lot of policies, procedures, practices and standards that I needed uh, to run my own business and then I saw a gap in the market where I live locally out in Surrey we thought you know there is no one here yeah um doing you know this sort of level of fine dining food in our area because we're out in the suburbs the only fine dining operators are in central London okay um again you know there was another gap in the market which we saw um one of my dad's friends he had a fish and chip shop he said oh you know I want to sell it I want to retire so I was very lucky enough to buy their fish and chip shop um I lent half the money from the bank I gave him the deposit and he'd give me a personal loan to get wow. started yeah, yeah. Uh, just based on a, um, on a on a handshake which was you know which is nowadays you know unheard of so from from 2003 I think until about 2008 believe it or not I was just working day in day out day in day out seven days a week on the restaurant from seven o'clock in the morning till one o'clock at night all day every day and um, then we I opened my second restaurant um, which was in Isha in Surrey and then from there I opened my third restaurant in um, House of Fraser Uh, we had a a Indian tapas concept in House of Fraser store um, oh, wow. next to Yo Sushi, a little like a pop up, um, but it was more than a pop up, slightly more okay. substantial. This entrepreneurial skill set so started from a young age. At any point, you know, there's a lot of people that come to realize that they want to do something for themselves after they've worked for somebody and realize it's not for them. But it doesn't sound like you've really worked for somebody else, you've always had something on the go. Where's that come about from? Um, I think it's got to be family-led. Um, my, my, my father was always in business and, you know, he always used to say that one income was never enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so whilst he had his businesses, he also had properties as well. Um, so there was always multiple streams of revenue coming into the pot. And this is my thinking now, is, is that you just can't rely on one income. For example, mm-hmm. now with the lockdown and um, <clears throat> a lot of businesses are affected, a lot of people are affected, with loss of jobs or made redundant. Um, some are fortunate to have, you know, received a furlough. But mm. where I've got multiple streams of revenue, if one drops, another picks up. If another drops, another picks up. Um, yeah. We're never in a position where we're putting all of our eggs into one basket. And this is where I think a lot of people go wrong. Yeah, that, you know, and, and again, that's... One job, that one yeah. career and that one thing. And you think, you know, you need to have multiple sources because you never know now especially with technology and how times are changing mm-hmm. um the world's you know it, it's always evolving so what was good today may not be good tomorrow 
So I said, tell me, why don't, why doesn't everybody have this kind of thinking then? What is it? Is it because of lack of financial education in schools or like you said, you've got, you've got guidance from your parents and it's a family thing. So why is it that more people aren't doing this and really looking at multiple, you know, multiple income streams? Multiple income streams is one thing, um, but just before I start on the multiple in income streams, it's, I think it's about your circle. So a lot of my friends that I try to spend time with, um, that I'm mixing with, especially these days, and I have done for the last, say, five or you know six years, um, is, is that all, all the people that I, I do spend a lot of time with or you know, hang out with are at least 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if not more, and they're 10 years ahead, they're more successful, they've got more money. And I see, you know, for example, what they're doing, how they're living their lives. And I actually think, actually, I want a slice of that. Mm -hmm. And what do I need to do to get there? When I am, you know, 10 years down the line, where will I be? I don't, I don't know. But, you know, hopefully, you know, we would all be safe and we'd all be um, in, in, a, in a nice position. Okay. So, so having the right role models then, the right circle, the right role models is key. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, all the business partners that I've, all the um, business partners that I've, um, that I'm in business with, they are very successful entrepreneurs themselves, very successful in their own field, and they are ahead of me in my game and in their game. Um, so it's aspiration for me to reach their level. And I guess having them around you, you've got not only people to aspire to follow, but you know, if you ever get stuck or challenge yourself, at least you know you can turn to somebody that might be able to give you some guidance or help you out of a rut in a way. Yeah, 100%, absolutely. You know, they've been through it, they've done it, and that knowledge is priceless. Um, it's, you know, and it's those fast track um, key elements that you pick up, you know, mm. they've made those mistakes, they've been there, they've done that, and we don't have to make those mistakes and go through it again. You know, take their advice they know what works they know you know what what has given them results so having them around me has been really helpful i guess also you know with these people that are you know ahead of you already the fact that they're wanting to help you and you have them what in my experience when i've spoken to other people they find it challenging or difficult to find people that they can aspire to be because actually they're very busy people but sometimes they don't have the time to help everybody so what do you do in that aspect? How is it? How can somebody go out and find somebody who's better than them to join a network or or become friends with the type of people that they could aspire to be? Very simple. What works for me is you have to give. And now mm. you may not have the expertise, you may not have the knowledge, you may not have, you know, um, their bank balance, etc. But you can be willing to give. And now, mm. how do you give? You give through time, give through effort, and just be there whenever you can. For example, all the people that I've gone into business with, um, I've always given them something without asking something back. And then when an opportunity has risen, they've thought of me. Who is helpful in my network? Who is hungry? Who is key? Who can I always count on? I think, oh, hang on a minute. It's Assad. Let me give him a call. Would he be interested in this? Or would he be interested in that? And that's how you get your step in through the door. It's not going to work for everyone, mm. but it does work. It's good to hear that answer because... It's definitely something I live by in terms of providing value. There's a lot of times I'll do something pro bono or just do it. One, because I enjoy doing it. But the other thing is, I also think it strengthens relationships. 
a lot of the times I don't do things because I expect anything in return, but it's more about, well, one thing is I'm enjoying doing it. I'm enjoying helping somebody else. It may might not be financially or whatever, but if it can be through my time and my expertise, I'm more than happy to. And you're right. It really strengthens the relationship. And it has shown me that down the line, that those same relationships have come back and helped me. So I completely agree with you. And uh, yeah, great, great answer there. Your restaurant that you started at the beginning of COVID, tell us a little bit about that, Bombaylicious. So we started a Indian street food company, heavily focusing on a grab-and-go concept and delivery operation. It's less so of a restaurant, more so of a grab-and-go concept and just focusing on takeaways. I think people's changing um, their way that they eat, their habits are changing and I think it was a great opportunity for us to capitalise in that market. People were forced to stay at home, restaurants were shut, people had no options other than to order takeaway. So we marketed heavily, we got a lot of traction um, and from that it's been, you know, a, a big success. Yeah, it's all about spotting that, you know, gap in the market. A lot yeah. of people would say, oh, it's, it's a crazy time to open, it's um, wh- why are you doing this? But again, it's about believing in yourself, what you can deliver. If you're yeah. confident, you know your product, doesn't matter, come a rainy day, come a sunny day, you will shine. I was going to say, it's not just the concept that was great. And, and I remember when you opened it, I thought, you know, initially I did think, oh, no, that's going to, you know, that's going to be probably not the best time. But actually straight away, I thought, you know what, this is probably the best time. And in hindsight, it's an, it was an amazing time to open, especially for that concept. However, forgetting the concept, forgetting the idea, what matters most is the product. And I've got to say, because I've sampled it myself, truly, truly amazing food. And you know how big a foodie I am, that, you know, you can have a great idea, but if you can't deliver on it, uh, it's not going to do well, but you know you've you've uh, got that concept and you've delivered on it as well. So I can only congratulate you for that, and I can't wait to try it again. <laughs> okay, come back again soon, please do. This journey of yours, um, you know, starting from a very young age, learning from the family, trying your hand at various things. What do you? What have been your three key takeaways? Not everything's going to work in life, and you're not going to win at everything. You know. Um, I've, I've lost money in several projects um, and I've, you know, excuse the expression, got into bed with a lot of, you know, wrong people. You know, it, it's only through that journey. Success is not just a door that's just waiting to be opened. You've got to open, you know, 100 doors before you get that one uh, success. And what I do feel is, is that in terms of, you know, a takeaway, if you don't try different things, you're not going to get different results. Mm-hmm. Doing the same thing is only going to get you the same result. So a lot of people say to me, oh, I said you're involved in this, you're involved in that, you're involved in blah, blah, blah. But I always, for example, my core business is my, sto- um, is, sorry, is my food businesses. That's my core businesses. All the other businesses that I go into, I'm always a smaller shareholder. So the main driver of those other businesses are always the biggest shareholder because that's their bread and butter. That's their livelihood. So they are going to work more harder than I am for them Mm -hmm. to make their products or their business a success. So I'm with them on that journey, assisting, but I'm not the core driver, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Okay, so being persistent then. Yeah, you need to understand that every business needs a driver. Without a driver, if you've just got three heads and there's no driver, it's it's not gonna move. So all the business that I go into, I always look at, okay, who is the driver of this business? Yes, can I add value? And if I can add value, how much time will it take? 
Mm. Um, you know, and you just look at that. And what happens is over time is through one success, people see you, people spot you and think, okay, well, hang on a minute, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that. And only through my, you know, networking and my contacts and, you know, how, how things I, I get approached to, to uh, for opportunities. And so only through that um, recently, I've just, um, you know, um, come on board as a director of the, this new commercial property business. Um, again, that's not my core business, but the guys that I'm in bed with, um, it's their core business. Yeah. So again, you know, it's that circle. And again, they're financially and also in age-wise ahead of me in years. Okay. So it's not bad people to get in bed with, you know? They, <laughs> well, you're they, learning t- what it is. You, yeah, you know, you've I'm got property learning. experience from before and you are learning from so-called experts in your field now. Um, but the most important part is, uh, key takeaways is that you've got to be transparent with whoever you're doing business with number mm-hmm. two you can't be lazy yeah. i listen to a podcast pretty much um i used to do it once every day sometimes twice a day but now mm-hmm. i do it once you know all the time i'm in the car at least once a day if not more but now i'm with my missus and you know she doesn't like these things <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit more challenging you sometimes have to listen to mellow music rather than, you know, inspirational yeah. podcasts. But there is one thing that always stays in the back of my mind is that rich people don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, rich people don't sleep. My take on that is that not that they're working 24-7, but they're utilising their time to the best of their ability so that though even when they're sleeping, they're dreaming of business or dreaming what they could be doing next. Uh, I've got a caveat. We've got to have some sleepers as a life coach. I've got to look after welfare and happiness and general well-being. But, but you're right. It is about to be a success. You've got to be living, breathing what it is that you want to do. You can't be taking days off. Yeah, no, of course. Absolutely. So that's, you know, number two, you can't be lazy. And finally, number three is ask yourself, is there any more that I could be doing? If you lie to yourself, you're only going to lie to your co-founders or your partners of course um so again goes back to a little bit on point number one the transparency the honesty mm. um but if you give it your best shot and actually your best shot wasn't good enough that's okay mm-hmm. because you've tried your best and you've exhausted like i said you know all of my businesses that i've done in the past they haven't all worked i've lost money i've lost my own house you know in the past um mm. you know banks have taken it back in the recession um, it, it's not, you know, something to be ashamed of. It's something to learn from because they say your biggest lesson is your most expensive lesson. Of course. And now when we do go out spending, we don't go out spending willy-nilly. We calculate, we are responsible for the money that we spend and how we spend it. Of course. You know, every pound that we spend, we got to think, actually, how is that pound coming back? Or how did we earn it? You hear the stories of some of the most wealthiest people out there. They spend frugally. They spend on what they need to. And you don't see some of the wealthiest people in the world aren't wearing designer labels or having the flashiest cars. It's it's about account having accountability uh, on what you are spending your money on. Not that they don't have nice things, but it is about accountability, I guess, in the end. Yeah, absolutely. So you always be accountable to yourself, whether it's on your finances, whether it's on your productivity, or whether it's on, you know, what you eat or how much you exercise. It's all about accountability. What can't be measured can't be improved. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Exactly. You, you can't, can you? I always say that if you want growth, well, you need to understand where you are and where you need to get to. So what's your next steps then? Where, where's the next part of your growth going into which area? Um, it's family. 
<laughs> it's family. We've got a little one on the way. Congratulations. Um, due, due, June 2021. So the next growth is the, is the family empire. We want to have a couple. Um, so one, one's on the way. And then, you know, maybe one or two more. Let's, let's see how we get on with the first one. No, it's good. You know, the fact is that you've laid a great foundation. Uh, you have income, you've got businesses that grow, you look at other opportunities and it's a great time. You know, you'll have that time with the family that, you know, the, the time that you've sacrificed now to create these businesses, you'll be able to step aside a little bit and spend some time with the family, which is, uh, you know, the ideal, I guess. Yeah. And also, ultimately, um, I'm working for myself in a lot of the businesses and, you know, I have that luxury of being able to work when I want, where I want. Um, so those two are very important factors. I, you know, I'm not governed by a desk in a nine to five. I don't have to be at a certain place or a certain venue or a certain location uh, mm -hmm. for 40 hours a week. You know, so when the child does come along, I can yeah. give you know, the child my time. And I, I'd like to um, watch uh, the family grow and, yeah. you know, uh, and increase the um, family. Do you think you could ever have done a nine to five? Yeah, I have. I have done. And um, in 2016, um, I, I've got a restaurant called India Dining, which I managed to um, complete my mortgaging um, in 2016. And then what I did was um, I leased it out to an operator. So mm -hmm. he's running that one now. Uh, for one whole year, I went on holiday. I just traveled. Um, I didn't do any work at all. And then in 2018... I went to do some consultancy and I did it for two companies. One, which was Leela Hotels. Um, oh, yeah. They've got two Mayfair restaurants, two Mayfair restaurants. I was with them for two years. And then the third was a, um, a English operator, Corbin and King. They've got oh, wow. Brasserie's Yell okay. uh, in Soho. And again, okay. I did uh, do my nine to fives with them. And I thought, yeah, it was great because I learned new things. I learned new skills and I actually mm -hmm. didn't do it for the money. Um, I did it for the skill set because I was on a lot less money than I am mm. now yeah. uh, because I was devoting hundred of my time there. Um, but even though we had some small bits and pieces in the pipeline, but it's just about enjoying what you can do learning. Of course, I was going to say sometimes it's important to be able to do that, to, you know, take that lower pay or do something that might not necessarily at the time make sense, but you're learning, you're learning that new skill set. And I think that's important because then you're able to transfer that into whatever it is that you want to be able to do. Yeah, and the reason I did that was I wanted to be in the right room at the right place because if you're not in the room, you're not going to meet the right people. And in those yeah. rooms, they were the right people. So how did I get into that room? By taking a pay cut. Yeah, well, it makes sense. And it, it, it's, it's good to see, Asad, that you've got the foresight to have that thought, though. There's a lot of people that would just be taking the paycheck. But actually, you're very strategic in terms of what you're doing and who you want to spend the time with. So... Kudos to you in that sense that, you know, you're grounded in that sense. Yeah, I think obviously everyone's financial circumstances are different and if they've got bills to pay and they are, you know, in a, in a position where they're dependent on that monthly income um, without sounding big heads or anything, you know, I've been fortunate in a position to be financially free for about five years now, mm -hmm. not needing to work and having all my bills met and, you know, I want to say flash financially yeah. free, but financially free to a, to a comfortable degree. But now it's not about being financially free, it's about building. It's yeah. about building a legacy, it's about building for the next generation. 
and it's about you know making a noise making an impact mm. but it's not always just about the money it's about making a difference so if you can mm-hmm. make a difference in whatever aspect that you do um then you know the the good return will come back to you it's like mm-hmm. with, the, with the food concept we're forever giving meals away to the nhs we're yeah. going and uh, going to hand deliver to fire stations and you know pharmacies and nhs workers just because of the, the corona time you know we support kids um, who mm-hmm. didn't have their um, school meals during half term and and the list goes on um no, it's brilliant. You know, it's great that you're in a in a in a position to be able to give back so much as well. Yeah, absolutely. People that are in a position to give back, they don't see they they they, they complicate things and they think, you know, how can I give? How can I do that? And luckily, you know, I've had friends who have got very successful other businesses which aren't food led that have said, look, here's five hundred pounds or here's a couple of hundred pounds or here's yeah. whatever it is. Um, on behalf of my company, would you be mm-hmm. so kind to donate? Hundred meals to the NHS at this hospital, etc., yeah. etc. And of course, and, and we do that. Um, so it's not about just being able to um, produce it yourself. If the willingness is there, you'll find an angle. But you need cool. to have that willingness. And one other thing which I wanted to mention was is that a lot of people like to say no. Mm. No is your biggest enemy <laughs> because no, I can't do this. No, I can't do that. No, 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 no. You know, if you can't do something, you can. You know, there's other ways to rephrase it. Not, not right now. Or I can mm. look at it. Uh, and that's how you need to have a list. So, for example, I've got a lot of other co-founders and directors pulling mm. me in different angles. They need this to be looked at. They need that to be looked at. Or some support here, or some support there. And I have a list. And I may not get to that list every single day for every single requirement, but I have mm-hmm. a list. But when I do get round to it, I make sure that I exercise that opportunity to the fullest so that I know exactly that if there is a second question or a third question, that I know what I'm talking about. I've done my research and then I've, I've addressed the situation properly. It's not just, oh, I've just left it or parked it and I've yeah. forgotten about it. No, if it's an issue that's involving your business and you want to, you know, if you weren't, if I wasn't so busy with all the other businesses, then I would have naturally given it more time. But mm-hmm. I need to be quite strategic and how much time I do allocate um, and not to overspend but you know and and it naturally what happens is you spend more time on the things that you like and, that, and that's just how it is and, and the only way to learn is to engage so mm-hmm. don't always look for pay um, in terms of engaging just go and engage uh, in that business or with that person and not look for anything back because that's the mm-hmm. only way you're going to learn and build relationships and again, I think it's important to learn people learn from books, they learn from videos, they learn from experience and from other people. But more importantly, and this is what I, happens a lot of times with my clients, they're very educated or have educated themselves, but don't seem to be finding any kind of success or traction. Because what they do is when they've learned, they forget to put anything into action. They forget to apply their learnings. And it's been great to see that whatever learnings you've taken, you've actually started to apply them and they've brought you fruition and, and the, they've brought you some great success. Yeah, there's no, um, you know, nothing to be embarrassed about if you don't know something, you know, ask questions. And I'm sure mm. somebody would appreciate you asking a question, then you're missing it out totally. Because that way, mm. you know, it's it's more strength. And if you are involved in it, then it's in your interest to make it go as far as you can. And if you're not, then get out of it. I said, well, I was going to say thank you for giving up your precious time to jump onto this podcast with well, me. I've got all day for you, you know that. 
<laughs> no, well, it's good, and I'm, you know, I'm glad to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged and honoured to be part of your circle. Um, not that uh, uh, I'll probably fall into the being the ten years older category, probably. No, no, <laughs> ten, years younger. ten years younger. Oh, so but anyway, listen. Thank you very much for your time, and I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy your insights and uh, take the takeaways and start applying some action uh, for their own success. So, thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, Rex. Take care. And that was my good friend Asad Khan. He's a busy man, as you can well imagine, so I was fortunate to be able to get some time with him for his podcast. And I managed to catch him while he was on site at one of his buildings, so you may have caught some building noises in the background. There were so many valuable nuggets from him, but for me the standout was uh, that circle of influence, you know, having the right people around you. I remember when I was training for my first Tough Mudder back in 2015, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with a Tough Mudder, essentially it's a 12-mile obstacle race course through mud, different trains and very difficult. Now as well as part of the physical training for it, what I found more challenging was sticking to a decent diet. What kept me off the sugar and carbs was who I was being influenced by. It was the group of people I'd signed up with, pushing each other to be better and also back then I was still working for BP and I was lucky to be sitting next to a friend who was now a fitness trainer. It was his constant words and setting an example of eating healthily that reminded me to eat well. Left to my own devices, I think cheap meals would have been every mealtime. So who are you keeping in your circle of influence? I'm a firm believer in finding groups of people who can inspire you to be better. But also, don't forget where you started from. The people you left behind may still need your help too. Always worth checking in on them. And finally today, I want to leave you with a clip and probably finish as I started from probably one of my favourite movie characters and that's Rocky Balboa from the movie Rocky Balboa. Rocky's looking to come out of retirement and he's at the courthouse waiting to hear on his application for a boxing licence. The message from this scene is don't give up, keep pushing and it doesn't matter what others think or say, you've got to be strong in your convictions. I think this is the key message that I've pretty much understood from everybody that I've interviewed for this series of the Second Success podcast. You've got to keep going to achieve your success. Mr Balboa, you're welcome here. Since you're representing yourself, we invite you to make an opening statement if you'd like to. No, I was just curious how I did. It's all. All right, Wells. The Medical Advisory Board has informed us that the battery of tests to which you've been subjected, you've passed these tests with flying colors. And we congratulate you for that. Thanks. However, this commission, in good conscience, cannot recommend you for a license, and we therefore deny your application. Didn't I do what you asked? Yes, you did. So I should get a license, right? Not exactly. So why'd you give me all them tests if you was never passing me? We've got to stand by our decision here, and we have to deny your request for a license at this time. Yo, don't I got some rights? What rights do you think you're referring to? Right, it's like in that official paper that they wrote down the street there? That's the Bill of Rights. Yeah, yeah, the Bill of Rights. Don't it say something about going after what makes you happy? No, that's the pursuit of happiness. But what's your point? My point is I'm pursuing something and nobody looks too happy about it. But we're just looking out for your interests. I appreciate that, but maybe you're looking out for your interests just a little bit more. I mean, you shouldn't be asking people to come down here and pay the freight on something they paid. It still ain't good enough. I mean, you think that's right? I mean, maybe you're doing your job, but why you got to stop me from doing mine? Because if you're willing to go through all the battling you got to go through to get to where you want to get, who's got the right to stop you? I mean, maybe some of you guys got something you never finished, something you really want to do, something you never said to somebody, something. 
and you're told no, even after you pay your dues, who's got the right to tell you that? Who? Nobody. It's your right to listen to your gut. It ain't nobody's right to say no after you earn the right to be where you want to be and do what you want to do. You know, the older I get, the more things I got to leave behind. That's life. The only thing I'm asking you guys to leave on the table is what's right. Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, The Clear Coach.